Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach. And I'm so glad that you decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about adulting is hard, but God is near. This is a teaching podcast. So as always, I want you to grab your Bibles and something to write with, because I believe I have some very informative things that you may want to write down and look at it and read it to encourage your heart and just give you some facts, some data, and even some statistics that you can put in your back pocket so that you can not only inform yourself, but others that are in your circle. So I want you to go to Psalms 27, and we're going to look at verse number 10. Psalms 27. We're going to look at one verse, but this verse is verse number 10. And it reads like this. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I want you to see that. I want you to read that again. When my mother and father forsake me, or rather my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. This really encourages me because it lets me know that before my mother and father got together under the starry skies and created me, God already had a plan in the event that they were taken off the scene. Or even if it was a situation where a child is abandoned because children are born in the world and many times men and women get together and they have these one night affairs and flings and different things like that. And a child is born and they don't even want to be a child. I mean, when you look at the children that are in the system today waiting to be adopted, it's a sad situation. But one of the things that I love about God, because he's the ultimate father, he's the ultimate parent, that he knows what he's going to do, that he said, I will take you up. I will care for you. I will provide for you. As a matter of fact, he has surrogates out here that he's already hand selected in the event that a mother and a father would abandon a child. Because children deal with a lot of abandonment issues and then they become adults and things begin to happen in their lives and they just can't get steady. They can't get solid and it's not their fault. And this is why someone giving their life to Christ is worth it all because they are able to come into purpose. They are able to see and understand why things have happened to them. And although they cannot go back in their childhood and fix the hurt and pain, the Lord knows how to do that stuff. And this scripture really means a lot to me because when I talk to people, you can sit down and you can really articulate your heart to people and they can tell you, but you don't understand because of all the things that I went through. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have anybody to love me. And I mean, I can empathize with them because I'm very sensitive to the fact that people have a story that they're telling, something that meaningfully happened to them. But I try to really encourage people and say, listen, I realize that that has happened to you, but I want you to know that God still has a plan for your life. And if you will give your life to God and really get connected to what he has for you, we can't go back in time. 
But what we can do is make sense of why certain things happen to you. So I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're one of those people that your mom died when you was young, your father died when you were young, and you may have been in the system or raised by people that didn't love you. And you're just trying to figure out where you fit. And being an adult is hard when you didn't have a parent to raise you, to teach you, to show you how to be a man or a woman, how to be a wife or a husband. I mean, these are things that parents are supposed to do. And this is why I tell people, we got to stop having kids like having parents, or should I say having dogs and cats? I mean, it seems like this is just some type of fad, people just coming together, having these kids, but they're not being responsible. You should never have children if you don't have a vision for what you desire them to be. That is the parent's responsibility. But again, because God is faithful, he says in the event that a mother and a father forsake you, they don't want you, they abandon you, they turn, pivot, go in another direction, God says, don't worry, I'm going to raise you, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to provide for you, and I'm going to love you. So I want you to be encouraged and encourage people around you that you know that are going through this. Nothing is going to stop God. He is not scratching his head, not trying to figure out, I didn't know that they were going to run off. I didn't know that they were going to leave that child. God knows everything. Kids generally are surprised to parents when they come on the planet, especially if they were not planning for them to be here. But God planned for you to be here. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. So I want to take some time and just really encourage you to let you know that being an adult is tough, but I want you to know that God is near. Now, let me give you some stats, some statistics, some data some facts here that I think will really help you to understand what I'm really trying to say. Did you know that 50% of lifetime of illnesses, people that are dealing with mental illnesses, they begin by the age of 14 and 75% begin by the age of 24. This was really staggering to me when I read this. I just couldn't believe that 50% of all lifetime illnesses start as early as 14. And if you don't get it, then it's possible that the other 75% begins by the age of 24. That's amazing. Nearly 30% of young adults have a mental health disorder compared to middle age adults. That's 25%. And older adults at 14%. But here's one that really hurt my heart, that suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, I I was going back in my childhood. I said, I remember when I was 10, but I never thought to kill myself. I never thought that life was that bad, that I had to jump off bridge or take a gun and blow my brains out. I never really considered anything like that. But we are living in times that were not like it was in my day. And out of 8.9 million young adults who reported having a mental illness in 2018, more than two in five went untreated. 
That's a lot of people who are going untreated for certain things that have happened in their life as it relates to mental illness. And again, mental illness is really a thing today. I'm not saying it wasn't when I was growing up. I'm assuming it was. In my circle, I don't ever remember people having a mental illness or a problem. If they did, they masked it very well. But there are a lot of things that are going on in our world that are really driving people to a place of mental instability. So we really need to be sensitive in the conversations that we are having with young adults. Here's one that out of 5.0 million young adults with a substance abuse use disorder in 2018, nearly nine in 10 did not get any treatment. I mean, think about that. You have a substance use problem and nearly nine in 10 didn't get any help, no treatment. I mean, are we walking around with our eyes shut? Are we not connected to people like we should be? I mean, we got to really have our ears pinned back and really ask the Holy Spirit to really help us in these relationships that we have. And when we see these red flags, if we really love people, we got to pull them to the side and say, hey, man, you need some help. You need somebody to talk to. You really need to get this thing straight because if our future are these young people, they're not even going to make it to 40, 50, let alone 60. So we really need to make sure, as the old saying goes, it takes a village to raise people today. And that's what we had in my time in the days that I grew up. Now, young adults and parents, we know they need assistance. We need this tribe. We need this connectivity. So watch this, about 15%, which is about 4.7 million young people aged 18 to 24, they're not even in school and they don't even have a job. I mean, think about that. We push college, education, skills, training, all of this stuff. But you mean to tell me that between the ages of 18 and 24, they're not even in school? They don't have a job? I mean, where are they at? What are they doing? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit more. Out of the 2.2 million young people aged 24 to 25, they're living in their parents' home. One in four don't go to work or school. Wow. Now, in about one in three young adults aged 18 to 34, they rely on their parents for financial help. I can understand 18, 19, but man, when you get in your 30s, generally you're supposed to be a little bit more established, but you are finding this aged group of people, they are living at home with their parents and getting financial support from mom or dad or some type of parent or guardian. And about one in three young people aged 18 to 34, or should I say 18 to 29, they say that their parents are doing too much for them. But the reality is because they want to be grown, they want to be on their own, but they and they're having these conversations with them and they're saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, you're doing a lot for me. I don't want you to do all you're doing. So I don't know if it's a situation where parents are in the way. They want to help their kids. They want to bless their kids. I'm telling you again, one of the best things that parents can do for their kids, especially when they are young, teach them responsibility, teach them, yeah. 
Take out the garbage, clean your room, help clean the house. You'd be surprised of why parents are teaching kids this. So when they do get on their own and they have listened to authority, they understand time. They understand how to do certain things. When they get out on their own, they're not shocked. You'd be surprised of the young people that are just shocked now that they got to do certain things. You shouldn't permit your child to just lay up in your house all day and not do anything. It's not going to help them in the real world because notice this, that you love your children, but the world is not going to love your kids the way that you do. And so we appreciate the honesty from these young people that say, hey, mom, you doing too much for us. But the reality is there's some type of dependency there that has hindered them from being an independent adult and really doing things the right way. And again, when I talk to people and people talk to me and we're just having a conversation, you know, money comes up jobs come up. Why? Because people need money to live. You know, say, hey, do you have a skill? Do you have a talent? Are you in school? And sometimes they say, no, I dropped out or no, I can't find a job. We got to make sure that we are preparing the next generation. And I get it. Some kids don't want to listen. Some kids you talk to, I mean, I know grown folks that don't want to listen. So, I mean, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that yes, we say, yeah, I know that being an adult is hard, but I got to prepare you because I'm not going to be here forever. And even with the scripture that if your mother and father do forsake you, yeah, God said he would take you up and raise you. But the reality is God is teaching and is always going to show you how to be responsible. He wants to teach you how to fish. He's not going to fish for you. He wants to teach you how to be accountable, how to be responsible. People run away from accountability, both young and old. But we have to remember, if we want to be a success in life, somebody's going to have to tell you what to do. Even God, if you're going to be in a relationship with God, trust me, he's going to tell you, he's going to instruct you, not because he's trying to lord over you, but we need a Lord to lead us and to guide us and to help us. So needless to say, again, adulting is hard because suddenly things are being stripped away and childhood comforts and support and young adults often grapple with the transition of independence. Some don't even want to be independent, while others do, they're not really ready. So the gamut of structure and emotional support that comes from living in their parents' home is gone. Now it's replaced by lonely times, vast unknown things in the outside world, establishing autonomous relationships and being a sense of an adult can be scary at times. Growing up, often struggling as adolescents who view adults with apprehension rather than excitement to explore. These things can be difficult and hard at best. So it's no wonder that many of these young people, they often develop depression anxiety. Many are dealing with eating disorders, substance abuse disorders, and having difficulty developing certain milestones are not there. And so many times they're back at home trying to live on their own. They're not ready. 
And so we have to look at this and say, did I not prepare you? Did I try to do everything for you? And now it's time for you to do some things for yourself and you were not able to do so. I'm telling you, man, I realize, and check this out, even in my own life, when I went off to college and I went off to school, I said, man, mom's house wasn't so bad after all. When you got to start paying your own bills, when you got to start washing your own clothes, when you got to start going to the grocery store, it's amazing how quickly you wise up, how quickly you say, no, I can't do this. How quickly you're able to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. All those things we didn't care about when we was in mom and dad's house because they were taking care of us as a child as they should have. But I'm telling you, don't be so quick to become an adult. Be quick to learn how to become an adult. Because you got people, they see what they want, but they don't understand. You need a job for this stuff. You need money for this stuff. You got young people having sex out of wedlock. They just out here doing the thing all night long. They run in the streets. And then when a baby comes on the scene, what do they do? They want to run back to mom's house, run back to dad's house, run back to a grandparent's house. But what if they're not there? Now, we know the scripture says he'll take you up, but I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a long, hard process for the individual who won't listen to parents, won't listen to God. I believe the scripture says that the way of the transgressor is hard. It's going to be difficult for you to do things your way. But I want to encourage you that, yes, it's difficult at times being an adult when you were not prepared for it. But I want you to know if you are in the ages of 18 to 25 or even in your 30s and you're finding it difficult, it's really time for you to wise up and think about the decisions you're making. Think about the people that you are hanging around. If people are not going where you're trying to go, I'm going to tell you something. It's best to walk alone. It really is because mental illness is real. Stress is real. Dysfunction is real. Mood disorders are real. Anxiety, personal disorder, a psychiatric help and certain things, psychotic episodes and, and different things that people need. This stuff is real. Now, it is also said, you might want to write this down too. It is also said that there are four types of mental illness. Since mental illness is a real thing, I want you to at least know these four things so that if you're dealing with it, if somebody else is dealing with it, you can at least see this, maybe read the signs, get some help for yourself, get some help for other people. Number one is mood disorders. People are dealing with a lot of mood disorders, being an adult or transitioning into adulthood, such as depression or even bipolar disorders. Number two, anxiety disorders. Man, the rise of anxiety today. It's amazing the things that people are anxious about. Number three, personality disorders doing things, becoming other people. Personality is up and down, in and out, a transient in thought. These things are, are really prevalent today. And finally, psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia and different things of that nature. So it's important that we really truly take some time if we're dealing with this 
get some help. If you know somebody around you that is really exhibiting mood disorders, anxiety disorders, personality disorders, psychotic episodes, different things like that, just don't wave it away. Just don't say when they hit a rough patch. No, we got to stay connected to community. We need to be in community, especially, man, when the second leading cause of death is suicide. People just don't know how to cope. Even just simple things, man, can cause people to be stressed out. Getting in a car and going to work and facing people at a job that you don't like or don't like you or being bullied. I mean, this stuff in my day, I mean, we cracked jokes with one another, but it was all love. Today, I don't know. It just seems like maybe the world is going more faster. Maybe social media is to blame. I'm not sure, but I'm saying to you, and again, I want to empathize with you. I know being an adult is tough, but what I want to tether you to is that God is near. And when we have God there, and again, my podcast is directed towards people that are Christians, but even Christian folk don't even have a revelation that God is near. They don't even have a revelation many times that God lives inside. Now, if God lives inside of me, then I got some help there. I just need to start building my relationship and building my relationship with God again, generally brings you into fellowship with other people because we learn how to be in relationship with God through relating one to another. So God doesn't want you in a relationship with just him alone, but you don't know how to relate to other people. That's backwards because everything God is doing, he's doing in a family construct. He's doing it with friends and people that you are doing life together with. One of the things why adulting is hard is because we're trying to do it on our own. You can't do it on your own. I get the whole thing of independence because, yes, we should be able to finally grow up and start doing some things for ourselves. But our dependency is always on the Holy Spirit should always be leaning and, and connecting to him, but he will put you with other people, not so you can depend on him, but so you can learn from them, so you can glean from them, so you can have someone to pray for you and pray for them. Imagine you being on the planet all by yourself. That's a hard place to be, but there are a lot of people, they feel like they are alone in the mind, in the conscience, they separate from people. There are reasons for that. Too many to deal with on this show, but we got to realize and understand that this is what God wants for our life. Now, let me shift here really quick in my final closing that as humans, we all have the same basic needs. So I want you to think that, you know, you got more needs than other people. No, we all got the same needs, the desire to be loved the desire to be accepted and valued, as well as having a sense of self-worth and knowing that we are right with God. This is why, again, having a relationship with God is so key. And so a lot of religion today, it makes us feel unloved, not valued. 
and not even accepted. And this is why when I started my church that I pastor, I really wanted to help people that came into our doors to understand we're just not some church like every other church. We're not better than any other church or better than any other people because we know that we're all imperfect. But what our assignment is, is to bring people into a relationship with the Lord. Everything stems, in my opinion, from a relationship with God. And he wants to show you how valuable you are, even in the midst of all of these statistics. I wonder if someone would have told these young people between 18 and 34 that God truly loves you, that God wants you, that God wants to show you who you are. I wonder if a lot of these little mood disorders and and psychological problems, I wondered if those things would have never existed had somebody really pulled those people to the side and say, hey, did someone ever tell you that you were valuable? Did someone ever tell you that God truly loves you? And not only that, but he wants to show you and demonstrate. Because one of the greatest strongholds that Satan uses against the believer is a feeling of guilt and condemnation while making them feel like they can never get better. Making them feel like you're just a one-off. You're just crazy. It's just this. It's just that. But we have to really make sure, and I try to do this as much as I can as a pastor, that when people come through our doors, we take time to fellowship one with another. Because the reality is, yes, I'm going to preach a sermon, but man, if you can get somebody to talk to you and hug you and shake your hand and you introduce yourself one with another, you'll be surprised the message that can be released in a person's life just through those exchanges alone. And so when the word of God is preached, it's just icing on the cake. Religion is man's best attempt to find God. And you cannot find God in religion because he's not there. Because God is a person. Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And when he introduces himself to you, it's for the purpose of relationship so that you can find out who he is so he can show you who you are. And adulting again is difficult and hard, but through God, you can find these things out about you that maybe your natural parent doesn't know. We give birth to kids, but generally we have no idea what we giving birth to. Yeah, we had them, but many times we don't even have the skills to communicate and talk to our own children. Things have got to change. But here's a question. How many of you, when you first came to Jesus, and I want you to be honest, when you first came to Jesus, were you told that he really loved you and by accepting you, he would become your perfect righteousness? In fact, the righteousness that he would supply would be all that you would ever need. Did anybody ever tell you that when you came to the Lord? Did they tell you that when you got saved and gave your life to Christ, he now becomes your righteousness? You are in right standing with God, which means there's nothing that you can do that would knock you out of being in right relationship with God. Now, if you walk away from God, that's different. But God will never walk away from you. No, And the thing of it is, is that when we do something wrong, we leave the Father. We walk, we run away from him because we don't believe that he could love us because of what we've done. I've seen it too many times. 
But I want to encourage you today and help you to understand that when you walk away from God, he will never leave you, but you leave him in consciousness. You leave him in attitude, in behavior, because maybe when you were growing up, when you did something bad, you were told you can never rebound. You can never get back what you lost. You a bad child. You'll never be nothing. You'll never, you'll be surprised of the words, the negativity that kids and even young people have been told, young adults have been told because they messed up. But I try to tell people, God is your perfect righteousness. He's the one that you can rely on. He would supply all the righteousness you would ever need in life. Notice what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Notice what it is. When I get Christ in me, he's made unto me wisdom. He will give me his mind. I am now righteous. I am now sanctified. And I have redemption just because Christ lives inside. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the good news of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and then also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just, watch this, shall live by faith. That's Romans chapter 1, 16 through 17. This is what you and I have in Christ. And as we go from faith, then we go to more faith. And my faith is in a person. My faith is not in a job. My faith is not in a parent. My faith is not in anything natural that I see. I'm in relationship with people because I have faith in God. Think about that. We try to do it the wrong way. We want to have faith in people and we just have God somewhere out in the periphery. But God is saying, no, you got to get this right. You put your faith in me and we go from faith to a greater faith. And it's a revealed thing as I'm trusting and believing God for this. And as he begins to do that, then we go higher and higher and higher. So I'm in relationship with people. I don't need them. It's something I get to do. I get to be in relationship with people. I get to show them love and mercy and grace and all of these other things. But we put faith in people. They hurt our feelings. They break our heart. We're damaged. We can't rebound. And we say it's just tough being an adult. It's just difficult being in relationship with people. But the reality is, is through my relationship with God, he shows me how to relate to other people. He shows me how to be in a relationship with people. He shows me that I'm not to depend on them. I am to depend on God. And this, in my opinion, is where a lot of the mood illnesses come from. I can't prove it. This is just something I believe. I just really believe that if we don't do things God's way, then somehow, some way, things get messed up. And then we start blaming God for what we didn't understand about him. God knows everybody. So before we get in a relationship with other people, before we do things before time, we need to be relating to God properly. 
And he will tell you, no, this is not best for you right now. The best thing for you right now is not to do this. You need to be doing that. The best thing for you to do right now is to not get married. You need to wait. Let me build your self-esteem. Let, let me build who you are. Let me help you to know what I've destined you to be. Marriages uh, mess up. They break apart. Families implode within because maybe we were not ready emotionally to be with someone because we're trying to get something from a spouse. Wife is trying to get something from a husband. A husband is trying to get something from a wife. But the reality is we complement one another. We don't compete with one another. I get an opportunity to be a spouse. I get an opportunity to be a husband, to be a wife. You get an opportunity to be a, a best friend. You get an opportunity to be a child of God. And so when we look at things from that standpoint, adulting won't be so difficult because I understand I am in right relationship with God. So I have to beg for a friend. I don't have to beg for somebody to be with me. I don't have to be desperate for a relationship. I don't have to be thirsty for this one, thirsty for that one. No, my thirst is quenched because I have a perfect relationship with a perfect God. Even though I am imperfect, God has given me his righteousness. And so anything that I do that is not right, I got a relationship with God, man. I can go to God and talk to him about it. And I know if I repent, he'll receive me back because there has to be a change there. That's what repentance really is. It's changing. It's metamorphosis. I'm going in another direction because I don't want anything to get in the way of my relationship with God. And if we do it this way, we can really rely on the Father. We can really be confident. We can really understand and be dependent in that relationship where we say, God, I cannot make it without you. Everybody else can leave me, but I can't leave you. The house can go. The car can go. The other things I thought I needed could go. We depend on a lot of things in the world. And when it falls apart, this is what sends us into mood disorders. When things that we're depending on break apart or somebody leaves us or walk away from us, it ought to show you and I what we were truly depending on. So I want to encourage you today. If you got nothing out of this show, I want to encourage you to begin to develop, please, your walk with the Lord. It's the most important relationship you could ever have. Out of all the things you will do, maybe you'll get married, maybe you'll start a business, maybe you'll get a college degree, maybe you'll have children, whatever the case may be that you'll do in this life. The greatest thing that you can ever do for yourself is get to know the Lord Jesus, because it is in that relationship that he will teach you and show you you are and what he has called you to do. And when we love him and when we serve him and when we trust him, think about it. I can believe it and receive it. I can believe what he said and then receive what he said because God don't lie. I want to encourage you today. I realize that adulting is hard, but God is near. Draw close to him and he will most certainly draw close to you. 
Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you, this little short time that we have had today. I pray that this has encouraged you, showed you some things through the data statistics that I gave you so you can be more alert, more informed about the things that are going on in your life and in the life of other people. But if this show blessed you, I want you to take a moment and shoot me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. Take your 30, 40 seconds, write your boy a letter and let me know a short line paragraph. Let me know you're checking me out. You're listening to me. Something that I'm saying to you on these episodes are empowering you greatly. I do have a website. It's at www.thomasadeloach.com. You can see certain things about me. Connect with me there. I have a subscriber box right there on the homepage. I want you to put your email email in there and click that send button and I'll release to you a new PDF of something that you can read to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And every month I've been faithful to send out a newsletter just to encourage you, inspire you, build you up. I want to be in relationship with you. I get an opportunity to encourage you. So take advantage of that today. And lastly, if these shows are blessing you, go back to that website, thomasadeloach.com and scroll almost all the way down to the bottom of the screen there and you'll see a donation tab. If you click that button, there's an opportunity for you to give to the show. It does cost for me to come on and talk to you, but I want you to know let's partner together. Let's build together. No dollar amount is too big or too small. And everything you give helps me to produce a good quality show to keep you coming back and others that you will invite to listen to this podcast is my prayer. I want you to do it today. I'm praying for you, believing God's best for you. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged and know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.